0: Hello, Valley family. Man, it is so great to be able to come to you by way of online campus, and we're just so thankful for the technology and our incredible Valley Tech team that has been doing this literally for years, and how much more important and vital uh, it's become during this Trying time, I, I guess you would put it, uh, of the coronavirus, and so we're so glad to to be able to still uh, connect with you and also keep our focus on Him uh, at the same time. And last week we had really almost 3,000 uh, people log in more than that 3,000 devices uh, log into our online campus we just appreciate so many of you just sharing this and, and really helping to bring hope to many people uh, and, and to continue to uh, you know reach out and and I just ask you to go ahead and keep sharing that as well. Uh, we really appreciate that, no doubt about it. We're in the middle of this series, which just couldn't be more timely, called How to Live Through a Bad Day. And I know for some of us, we're experiencing some real bad days, uh, and, and nothing could be more practical than this series. I'm so thankful that the Holy Spirit just led us as a teaching team at the staff uh, just to decide upon this series rolling up into Easter. and This is going to take us all the way through uh, Good Friday. Friday. Friday as well. We're looking at these seven statements that Jesus made from the cross that are really packed with power for for us today, and as I said before, nothing could be more practical uh, than these statements. And so uh, let's go back to the verse we're using kind of as the framework, found in Hebrews chapter 12, uh, verse 2, He says, keep your eyes on Jesus, boy, we need that so much right now, who both began and finished this race we're in, study how he did it, and that's what this message series is all about for seven weeks, studying how Jesus went through what he went through, and how he gives us an example that we can follow because he never lost sight of where he was headed, that exhilarating finish in and with God, and it goes on and says he could put up with anything along the way, the cross, shame, whatever, for you and me that whatever is coronavirus and uh, you know all these uh, things that kind of make us uncomfortable, challenge us and change our daily uh, routine, We can put up with it if we keep our eyes on Jesus Christ, keep our focus. Upon him, And it goes on and says, and now he's there in the place of honor right alongside of God. So each week we've taken one of these seven statements and applied it as a real practical lesson that we can learn in really focusing and keeping our eyes on Jesus and studying how he went through it all gives us a great example as well. So week number one, the lesson was forgive everyone who's trying to ruin your life. We talked about forgiveness there. Week number two, Pastor Randy did a fantastic job. See beyond your own struggles. Even when you're in the midst of them, like we are, see beyond them. Last week, we shared with you, take care of those near you. And so this week, we want to look at the fourth statement that Jesus makes from the cross, the fourth lesson uh, that we can really learn and apply to our lives right where we are, right here in, in the middle of March, 2020. And uh, let's look at Jesus's words found in Matthew chapter 27, verse 46. Jesus says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Uh, Maybe you've been to that, you know, come to that point in your life where you say, my God, my God, where are you? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? As Jesus makes this statement, and, and remember the whole context, he's gone through the mock trial, uh, you know, paid witnesses, false witnesses, really. He went through the, the beating, 39 lashes. I mean, science tells us that a human body can only take 39, 40, it's death. He, he literally was within an inch of his life, and then carried the cross, feet nailed hands nailed to the cross. He's pushing up on those nails, trying to get breath into his lungs, and he's making these statements that are so powerful for you and for me. And here he says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And so here's the lesson for this week from the words of Jesus that we can learn from. We can look at how he went through it, and we can apply it to our lives today. And here it is. Aim your hard questions at God not man. Aim your hard questions at God, not man, in the middle of the struggle. You know, I don't know what the worst day of your life was, but uh, probably uh, without any question, the worst day of my life, um, I'll just never forget it. Uh, My my mother had been in a battle uh, for cancer, with cancer, uh, for a number of years, and then she went into remission and uh, she was actually in remission for about 18 months. We are all praying because if she got to the 24-month period, uh, they, they'd say, you know, we think you're done with this, it's over. And I'll never forget 18 months in remission, and then she called me on the phone. I, I remember our old house, I remember where I was standing, and, and I remember hearing my mama's voice. And she said, baby, the cancer's back. And I just want you to know. And I don't want you to pray anymore that God would heal me. Because I feel like God's saying it's time for me to go home. That's the worst day of my life. I remember telling her why and she's like, I just have this feeling, the Lord's saying, He's calling me home. I just need to get everything in order. My wife at the time was was pregnant with our second daughter. And and I remember hanging up the phone, walking downstairs, my wife Susie came up to me and she said, do you want to talk? And I said, I, I do, but I, I, I don't want to talk to you right now. There's somebody else I need to talk to. And I walked outside, and I just started pacing around my backyard, talking to God. And I just said, God, don't do this. I want my mother back. Don't take her from me. Don't do this. I, I must have been there I don't know how long. It's that that was a long, long time of prayer. And I and I learned a few things on that worst day of my life. There were some other bad days after that, obviously. She passed away about four months after that. But, but I learned some things that have really helped me when I find myself going through a bad day, when I went through that worst day. And, and one of the biggest things that I think is so important is you need to aim your hard questions at God, not man. Man. And and I appreciate my wife saying, do you want to talk? And she understood, and I said, I do, but not to you. I need to talk to someone else. She knew, I guess, the look in my eye what I was saying. Because I had some tough questions. <laughs> Just like Jesus say, says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some tough questions. So what do, what do we do when we find ourselves, even in the middle of a situation like we're in right now for many You know, with with this virus going on around and life interrupted. And let me give you quickly three things when God doesn't make sense. Three important uh, truths, if you will. Three important things to remember when God doesn't make sense. First of all, this trust is nature trust god 's nature, I mean some people think that that you know God is just uh, up in heaven, our heavenly Father, and he's got you, you know like a a a big old bat in one hand and a lightning bolt in the other he's just waiting for for us to get out of line and boom boom, you know he's going to get a big hammer, you know maybe not a baseball bat, a big old hammer and a lightning bolt that's that's not who God is second Corinthians chapter one verse three, the bible says. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. That's who God is. He's the Father of all compassion. He's the God of all comfort. In, in, in 1 John chapter 4, verse 8, is the clearest, it's not in your notes on, on your app, but I hope you follow it along. Uh, 1 John chapter 4, verse 8 is the clearest statement of who God is, what his character really is. And here it is, you can look this up later. 1 John 4, 8, God is love. God is love. God is not judgment. God is not condemnation. God is not angry. God is love. And it's so important when you and I are going through a bad day that we trust His nature, that we know His character, that He's the Father of compassion, that He's a God of all comfort, and He wants to bring comfort to you, and He wants to bring comfort to me as well. Trust in His nature. Here's the the second truth. Trust in in his promises it's so important that we trust in his promises you know uh the the bible is a book of promises and as we said last week every promise has a premise and so we need to know what the promises are we also need to know what the premise is over and over god says if you do this i'm going to do this so so the the bible is a book of promises And, and we need to trust in his promises in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, the Bible talks about the kind of promises that God has. It says, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. In other words, because of Jesus Christ, when we receive Christ, the promises become available to us. They come through Jesus to us. And so through him, amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. So we say amen. What does amen mean? So be it. So he makes promises, many promises that are made, for, and they're yes, they become, a, they're yes, they, they come into our column, if you want to look at it that way, into our life. They're available to us because of Jesus Christ. We say, Amen, so be it, Lord. And as we follow in Christ's footsteps, if we follow by the power of the Holy Spirit to walk out the life that God's called us to, looking to Jesus, focusing on Him, and, and studying the way that He did it. God fulfills those promises, and so many times in the middle of a bad day, we need to remember the promises of God. Here's a great one. Let me give you a couple of them. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, it says, for no matter, I, I'm sorry, Hebrews 13, 5, it says, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because, here's the great promise, God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. See, sometimes, even in the middle of of, of maybe this situation that we find ourselves in uh, nationally, globally, and locally, maybe you find yourself like, God, where are you? We need to remember the promise. He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. He's closer to you than your own breath right now. He promised, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. He's going to be with us no matter what. In Romans chapter 8, verse 28, I love this. This is one of my favorite promises, and it has a premise. Romans 8, 28, it says, And we know that all things work together for the good of those that love God. Look at the promise. The promise: God's gonna work all things together, even even not just the good things, but also the bad things. Not just the good days, but also the bad days, the bad seasons that he'll work it together for our good, but not for everyone, for those who love God. Every promise has a premise, that that God can use the, the bad stuff that I experience in my life and the good stuff that I experience in my life. If you love God, the bad stuff in your life, the good stuff in your life, he can work it all together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. As we like to say so often, you were made on purpose for a purpose, a unique purpose, every single one of us. And it's so important we discover that purpose when we receive Jesus Christ. And we love God the way that he wants us to. We love him back the way he wants us to, the way that he really loves us. So first, you've got to trust in his nature. Secondly, you've got to trust in his promises The third thing that's important to remember is this, trust is final destination. I mean, the best is yet to come. For those who've received Jesus Christ, the best is yet to come. We ain't seen nothing yet. You think about the Apostle Paul, I mean, what, what Paul went through was really pretty remarkable. Uh, he was also uh, received the 39 lashes. He was shipwrecked. He was a bit by a snake. Uh, he was in prison. I mean, Paul went through all kinds of stuff heartache, hardship, suffering, pain. And, and look at what Paul says in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Verse 16 through 18. I'll take the time to read this and unpack it a little bit. He says, therefore, this is Paul that suffered all this stuff. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we're wasting away. Inwardly, we're being renewed day by day. I mean, there's something about just just even time, living a little longer. I mean, your body begins to change. Some some physical appearance things begins to change. And and maybe you don't look exactly the same as you used to be or something like that. Like, like believe it or not, I used to have like a full head of blonde hair. It It was gorgeous. It was beautiful. But I'm wasting away. We're all wasting away. We're getting older. None of us are getting younger, except my wife, of course. She just is timeless. But that's a whole other story. Therefore, do we do not lose heart, though outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. And Paul goes on to say, listen, for our light and momentary troubles. Paul called it light and momentary troubles whipped, beaten, left for dead, shipwrecked, imprisoned, light and momentary troubles, are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. He goes on and he says, So, because of this, we fix our eyes not on what is seen, like the news, like the TV, like the app, News report, bad news. bad. That's not where our focus is supposed to be. We fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is only temporary. You you know, we're going to get through this, folks, and we're all going to look back on these days. It's temporary. This isn't permanent. This is just temporary. So we don't look on what is seen because that's just temporary. But what is unseen that is eternal. There's a better, the best because of Jesus Christ when we receive his sacrifice for our sins through his uh, sinless life and his sacrificial death for you and me upon the cross. That he took my place, he took your place. He paid the price. He was a substitute for you and for me. And he rose again three days later, paid it in full. Paid it in full. When, when we receive His sacrifice for our sins, our personal sin, the best is yet to come. As you've probably heard me say it before, for those that have received Jesus Christ, the best is yet to come. For those that, that have not, that reject Christ's love and sacrifice, this world is as good as it's ever going to get. That Nothing better than this. It, it's going to get worse. And so we need to fix our eyes on what's unseen. We need to fix our eyes on the sure promise that Jesus made in my Father's house or many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you that where I go, I will come again and take you with me that you may be with me forever. And so it's so important. See, Jesus experienced the worst on earth so that you and I could experience God's best in heaven. Let me say that again. Jesus experienced the worst on earth so that you and I could experience God's best in heaven. And so, those are just three truths I think are so important uh, when when we find ourselves walking through a bad day. But what do we do during the why? When, when, When the questions aren't answered? During the why? During the wait? During the why? What do we do in the meantime? I, I want to read to you from the Old Testament uh, and Isaiah chapter 63. And, and, and I want to just make this real personal, actually. So, so I asked the, 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 the guys that do their tech to, to just kind of personalize this, this verse for us. Isaiah chapter 63, verse 9. Uh, and, and you'll see here, uh, it, it says, In all their sufferings he also suffered... And he personally rescued them. In all their, just put in me there. In all my sufferings, he also suffered. And he personally rescued me. And in his love and mercy, he redeemed me. And he lifted me up and he carried me through all the years. He did that for me. That that it was personal and and he carries me through all the years, all the difficult times. He knows what it feels like. He understands. And and so from this verse we understand Jesus, this is prophetically speaking uh, uh, of Jesus and, and rescuing us. This is the heart of our Heavenly Father. They're one and the same. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And, and He rescues us. He wants to carry us through the difficulty. And so I just encourage you. This is a great verse here in New Living Translation. Just make that personal. In, in all my sufferings, He also suffered. Jesus suffered. And He personally rescued me. In His love and, and mercy, He redeemed me. He lifted me up and He carried me. And He carries me through all of the years. So, so what do we do while we're in the middle of the, the, the why, between we're asking the questions and we don't have the answer, we don't have the full insight yet? Well, again, I want to share with you just three other thoughts that I think are really, really important. First of all, it's really important to learn while asking why, that, that we learn while we ask why. In Hebrews chapter 5 verse 8 the bible says even though jesus was god's son he learned obedience from the things that he suffered he learned he, he learned through the difficult he learned you, you know it's not easy to obey that, that especially when times are difficult we just want to turn inside or, or maybe uh maybe i'll just talk about myself I, you know it's really easy when challenging times come i just want to get real selfish I just want to think about me and just my immediate family. I just want to hoard the toilet paper. I just want to you know, get more of the antibacterial hand sanitizer than I actually could possibly consume in a 100-year lifetime. But, but that's, that's not what God wants. We, we, we learn in the middle of difficult times, obedience. And what does that mean? That means thinking of other people. What's best for others, even others that I don't know, that I've never met? Jesus learned obedience. I think every struggle that we go through, God's trying to teach us something. It doesn't mean he puts it on us, but he'll turn it around for good, that we can learn from it. Even though Jesus was God's son, he learned obedience through the difficulties that he went through. I've heard it put this way before, pain is a passport that will take you places you could never go any other way. Pain is a passport that will take you places you could never go any other way. There's some things that we just are never going to learn until it really gets difficult. Back to the story when my mom called. I remember as I was walking around, just pacing around the backyard and I was just saying, God, don't take my mom. Don't do this. I want her back. I want her back. I want her healthy. I want her for a lot of years left. I was 28 years old at the time. And I remember these words just coming into my mind. And, and I, to this day, I, I know it was God. Because it's better than anything I could think of on my own. And as I was just pacing and I'm crying, I'm just like, God, don't do this. Don't do this. You know what I heard? Greg, it's going to be okay. Go ahead and cry. Go ahead, pound your fists in my chest. Pull my beard if you need to. I'm going to hold you through this. I'm going to carry you through this. And it may be time for crying now, but one day again you'll laugh and you'll smile. I'm with you now and I'll be with you then. I learned something in the middle of my worst day. I learned that I can go to God with anything, everything, not just the good, But even when there's just ugly selfishness inside of me. My faith today is stronger because of what I walked through during my bad day, the worst day ever. I learned some stuff through the pain. My my relationship with, with Jesus Christ grew deeper, stronger because of the pain. Pain is a passport that'll take you places. You could never go any other way. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9, the Bible says, in fact, we expected to die, Paul talking here, but as a result, we stop relying on ourselves and we learn to rely on God who raises the dead. What what, what does God want to accomplish? In, in the midst of, of this virus. He didn't do it. <laughs> he's not behind it. But God could use anything, good or bad. What, what is, I, I ask God sometimes, well, God, what are you trying to accomplish? You know what I think he's trying to accomplish? That a whole lot of us, a whole lot more of us, would learn to rely on him would learn to rely on Him instead of sports that have been shut down, the movie theaters, the casinos. There's so many things in our life that we turn to to find comfort and escape. And, And I just think it's really, really interesting. So many of those things have been taken away. And I think what God's saying is, learn to rely on me. Because I said I'd never leave here forsake you. Learn while asking why. Here's the second thing I think is important during the why is love while asking why. We need to love while asking why. As we talked about in weeks past, who can I help while I'm hurting? Who can I help while I'm hurting? We need to learn to love love our neighbor. That, that's why we're embracing the guidelines that our county, our state, our federal government has given about not meeting together in groups and limiting that number. Because we want to love even, even in the middle of, of being uncomfortable about this. We want to love our neighbor. We we, we want to demonstrate Christ's love by putting others first instead of what we want. And and so, love while asking why. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 16. Look at what New Living Translation says. And don't forget to do good and share with those that are in need. Boy, what a tremendous verse right now. These are the sacrifices that please God. What is a sacrifice? Nobody wants to make a sacrifice. Sacrifice means it's difficult. Sacrifice means it's hard. Sacrifices aren't easy. But these are the sacrifices that please God when we do good and share with those that are in need. We share our resources. We share the stuff that's in our pantry. These are the sacrifices that please God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4, I love this. 2 uh, Corinthians talks about, in, in first chapter, we start looking at He's the God of all comfort, but it goes a little further. Look at what it says. He comforts us in all our troubles. Why? So that, this is really important, why does God comfort you and me? Why does He want to comfort you right now in the middle of all your troubles? Why did He comfort me in my worst day? Why does He want to comfort you and, and I right now in the middle of difficulty? So that, why? We can comfort others that we can love others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort that God has given to us. He, he loves us and He comforts you and I in the middle of our bad day, no lightning bolt, no hammer to get us, love and compassion, so that we can turn around and we can comfort someone else. We can share the comfort of God with them, the same comfort that we've received. Who can I help while I'm hurting? Let me put it this way. For some, what you've gone through in your life, you're a better pastor to some people than I can ever be because of what you've experienced. There's a big difference between I can't even imagine how you feel and someone saying, I've been there. I know exactly how you feel. You're going to make it. We're going to get through this. Huge difference there. That's someone who can comfort because they have received the comfort of God. And as I said, some of you, because of what you walk through in certain situations, you're a much better pastor than I could ever be for someone. To comfort others with the same comfort that you've received You've been through it, and you can help someone else out of it because God comforted you, not just for yourself, so that you could comfort others. So we need to love while asking. We need to learn while asking why. And here's the third one. This is so powerful. We need to worship while asking why. We need to worship while asking why. In Hebrews chapter twelve verse twenty-eight and twenty-nine. It says, "Since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping Him with holy fear and awe. For our God is a devouring fire." What in the world are you talking about there? Here's what. Here, let, let me explain this. This is what I understand. This is me. That 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 we need to be thankful and we need to worship God in the middle of any circumstance and situation. You know why? Because He's a devouring fire. What's He going to devour? Listen, He's not going to devour you. He's he's going to devour your trouble he's going to devour my worry my concern my fear when i worship god he changes my perspective on life and the circumstances swirling around he'll change your perspective as well he'll it's like a fire it's like the more that i worship god just comes out And just blows my fears, blows my anxiety, blows my worry away. He's a devouring fire. When we worship Him, when we focus on Him and we worship Him, changes our perspective. You know, so this is pretty interesting. Uh, Remember, when Jesus asked this question of God, not to man, but to God, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I remember at Bible College hearing uh, a message on, on this passage because we've got to remember the context, and this is so important. I think many people have gotten this wrong, their understanding of what's happening here. Jesus is going through real pain. He's going through real suffering, real heartache. And, and remember, crucifixion is death by suffocation, his his lungs are filling up with fluid and he's literally having to push himself up on that nail through his feet, get enough breath to make, to say anything. That's why also these seven statements that we're looking at are so incredibly powerful. I mean, there's so much effort that he had to go through to say what he said and and he pushes up on those nails. He says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And I remember, I'll never forget this, in Bible college hearing someone unpack this scripture because Jesus is actually quoting the words of David from Psalm 22. And it's so interesting. Most of uh, you know, people that would hear him say that, you know, John is there, as we talked about last week, Mary's there and, and some other women, they knew the Old Testament <laughs> scriptures. And so when Jesus says, my God, my God, why have they forsaken me? I've heard a lot of, you know, real fanciful preaching. Oh, God turned his back on Jesus. That's not what's going on here. He's quoting Psalm 22, verse 1, the first verse of Psalm 22. And and it's almost like if if I right now just kind of said this line, this sentence, it would trigger more in your mind. Like if I just said right now, oh, say can you see? See what just happened? Oh, say, can you see? Your mind goes, by the dawn's early, light. was so proudly we hailed at the sky. It just keeps going. And so, just the first statement reminds you of the whole entire, all the lyrics of the Star Spangled Banner. Remember, the Psalms are songs written by David. And David said in the first line of Psalm 22 the song. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus is trying to get air in his lungs. (gasps) My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But do you know what the rest of Psalm 22 says? This is what he was quoting. It was a cry of victory. Look at what it says, Psalm 22, verse 22. This This is the rest of the song. This is the rest of the lyrics. I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters. I will praise you among your assembled people. He's saying this from the cross. It's like he's reminding them, this is what's happening. Praise the Lord, all you who fear him. Honor him, all the descendants of Jacob. He's speaking to the Jewish people. And it goes on and says, show Him reverence all you descendants of Israel, for he has not ignored or belittled the sufferings of the needy. He has not turned his back on them, but has listened to their cries for help. Jesus is actually saying the exact opposite of what so many people think that that is happening here. Jesus is not saying, you didn't turn your back on me. You've heard my cry for help. You've not turned your back. You've heard it. He's just saying the first line of the lyric of the song. The rest of it is, you've not turned your back on me, but you've listened to the cries for help. Because God the Father was right there. And I've heard this so many times, you know, other people that that they think that God is, they do something wrong and God turns their back on them. Because Jesus said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's not what he meant. That's not what he was saying. It was a cry of victory. You're still here with me. I don't have enough breath in my lungs to sing the whole song from the cross. Just the first line, but all of it's true. You've not turned your back on me. You've listened to my cry for help. Jesus is worshiping from the cross. Jesus is worshiping the Father from the cross. That's what he was doing when he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He was given the first line of the song of worship to our Father. Powerful. It's a completely, complete reversal of what so many believe he meant just just understanding a little bit more of the context. We need to worship while asking. Let me end with this. Real worship is trusting God when life doesn't make sense. That's what real worship is. Trusting God when life doesn't make sense. I think God's doing something really deep, really profound and really powerful even in the midst of difficult times that we're facing right now. Unprecedented season. I don't remember a time like this in my lifetime. I I, I think God's saying, will you worship me? Will you focus on me? There's some things that you can learn in the middle of this. I want you to love others in the middle of this. I want you to worship me right in the middle of it. I'm going to ask right now, would you bow your heads with me? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for how powerful and alive and timeless Jesus' words really are. And, Lord, how your Holy Spirit just directs us to his words that bring us comfort and bring us peace and bring us instruction and bring us life, Lord. And Father, I just pray that even even as we're walking through this difficult season, Lord, in our community and our country, Lord, and around the world, Lord, I, I pray that we would just learn the lessons that really are impossible to learn when things are going great. But Lord, that that really we would recognize that that our pain is a passport that'll take us to to places we couldn't even go any other way. Lord, that you want to comfort us so that we can comfort others. You want our roots to go down deep into you and that we would find strength from you that we never knew we had in your presence. Lord, thank you that we would, we would just pray, we see these difficult trying times as opportunities to grow stronger in our faith as we focus on your son, our savior, Jesus Christ. In his name, we pray, amen.